T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A Boston original on Boston Sports Original. It's Christian Arcan on WEEI. All right, it's your third and final hour here of Arcan this week. <laughs> it's been a lot of me this week. Getting a lot of this this week. But uh, this is the final hour you get. 617-779-7937. That's your phone number. We'll get back to the Patriots. We'll talk with Tom King at 3.30. Get his take on it if he hasn't gone to bed already. Um, And we'll do a little year in review right here, right now. Why not? It's the end of the year. And it's been an interesting year for all four teams, I'd say. Uh, Kyrie and I and uh, Jackson, the last uh, two days, Friday and Thursday, were sort of going over the year and thinking of the best plays of the year. We wanted to do like one each, like the play of the year, the game of the year, all that stuff. And we sort of realized that everything we kept coming back to was all Celtics. Everything good that happened this year in Boston sports was the Celtics, really. Like, I know the Bruins are good now. But last year, they got, you know, bumped out of the playoffs in the first round and had sort of an uneven regular season. Uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't great. Celtics made it to the finals. They came up short, obviously, but no one else made it that far. Uh, the Patriots sure didn't. And the Red Sox. <laughs> the Red Sox. Oh, the Red Sox. Not much positive happened for the Red Sox in 2022. Even if you liked, like, the Eric Hosmer trade, like, he just got DFA'd. Like, nothing good happened for the Red Sox. <laughs> it was a brutal 2022 for your uh, for your local nine. Um, but for the Celtics, they kind of carried the year. The Patriots more was, I think maybe we talked more about the Patriots just because it was such a, such a shock what they were doing and sort of how this all went. I'd say that... Uh, if you want to talk about who was discussed the most, it wasn't the Celtics because the Celtics were good when they lost in the finals and Tatum came up short. There was a lot of disguise, a lot, of, you know, it was a big Q rating for him then. But the Patriots and this Matt Patricia, Joe Judge thing and Bill Belichick like that, that has just been such a thread all throughout the all throughout the year, all throughout 2022, really, since this became a thing since, you know, March. Uh, or April, or whenever, you know, people started asking, so wait, is this is this what you're doing? Is this who the guy, it's just going to be Matt Patricia? Like, who's the offensive? Who's going to call the plays? We're not calling plays. It's the, it's camp. It's passing camp. What kind of plays will we even call you, jerk? And now here we are. It's week 16. There's still no one, you know, there's still no offensive coordinator, and those guys have been calling plays and failing at it. I mean, to put it nicely. For the Celtics, though? 
I got to start with them because they had the most positive 2022 by by a long shot. 2022 is when they started to get their act together last year because they didn't start the year great. At the end of 2021 for the Celtics was pretty bad, actually. The end of 2021 for the Celtics, a lot of people questioned whether or not you should even keep this team together. Blowing it up and rebuilding around Jason Tatum was on the table at the end of 2021. That was a legitimate belief and thing that people were talking about. And now, obviously, we all look stupid. Anybody who said that, and it wasn't just us, a lot of you said it too, they were a 500 team, and they could not get out of their own way. And trading Jalen Brown for you name it, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, whoever, was looking like a real good idea at that point. Um, Good thing they didn't because they had a great season after that. Came up short in the finals, but we're two games away from winning it and have come out like a house on fire this season. They've been terrific this year. They're the uh, good a ticket as there is. Bruins are right there, too, and the Bruins at home are actually a little bit better. But uh, the Celtics, based on what they did last year, coming into this year, there's been no hangover. There's been no nothing. They've been great. Uh, except for that West Coast road trip, which wasn't great. But, I mean, that was a blip on the radar. They're back to their winning ways right now. They're beating the teams they lost to on that trip. They just beat the Clippers. It's a tough team. They beat them and ran away from them in that fourth quarter. Uh, the Celtics, I think, have nothing but, you know, optimism. Williams is back. They're almost at full strength outside of Gallinari. I mean, there's not really anything that you look at and worry about. Are they going to make a trade at some point? They got all those point guards. They're going to have a log jam there. They're going to play Tatum and Brown too much. I guess those are worries you can have. Is their head coach going to stop getting poked in the eye during these uh, <laughs> during these uh, pickup games? So Damon Stoudemire doesn't have to be the head coach. I don't know. I mean, there's not really much to worry about. Celtics. Celtics are cruising. Celtics are cruising right now. They cruised all throughout 2022 with the one hiccup at the end of the finals, and it looks like they're cruising right into 2023 as well. Great year for the Celtics. Great year. Um, And they needed it. Then there's the Bruins. The Bruins, this part of their 2022 has been amazing. But the first part of their 2022 was kind of meh. You know, you traded for Lindholm, and it looked like things were picking up a little bit, and he was playing well, but you just couldn't get past Carolina. No one really believed that they'd go anywhere. It seemed like Bergeron was maybe going to retire. Krejci was gone. These other forwards were sort of middling around. You know, Coyle was centering the second line. Like, there was just, there was there was problems. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot to be excited about. And the only thing you really did in the offseason was bring back Krejci and Bergeron. That's it. And I feel like coming into the year, <coughs> the Bruins, excuse me, <laughs> just went through puberty there. <laughs> going through the year, the Bruins uh, coming into the year, had very little buzz or hype or anything. I, was, I don't know anybody who was really excited about this Bruins season. And then they started playing. <laughs> and the Bruins have just been unbelievable this year. Like, watching, I know they're losing right now uh, to Buffalo, so, you know, they may end up uh, dropping this one here. But I, I kind of doubt it. I sort of feel like they're going to come back and win because that's what they do. Especially at TD Garden. They never lose there. This new coach has reinvigorated them. The uh, return of David Krejci has been tremendous for them in secondary scoring. 
And uh, Lindholm and the goaltending of, of Linus Allmark has been phenomenal. Allmark has been incredible this year. And the record reflects it. The Bruins, I feel like, are in some ways more exciting than the Celtics. Because I feel like people expected the Celtics to be good. No one expected the Bruins to be good. I didn't expect anything close to this. I thought they'd be a you know wild card team again. I didn't think they were going to be going for the President's Trophy. And you know, by the power of those Pooh Bear jerseys, they're getting it done. That makes them a little more exciting, I think. When the expectations are low and they blast right past them, like how could you not? How could that not be more exciting? Of course it is. Bruins might be the most exciting ticket in the city right now. Celtics might be the best product. Bruins are the most exciting. Because I think a lot of people expected the Celtics to be at least, you know, something close to what they are right now. No one had the Bruins doing this. Then there's the Red Sox. Everything I said about the Celtics, you can say the opposite about the Red Sox. The Red Sox had a bad season. They're having a bad offseason. Nothing's going right for the Red Sox. People want High and Bloom fired. People want John Henry to sell the team. Ticket prices are going up. And they were an embarrassment this year. On top of all that, Xander Bogarts walks out the door and you didn't even really have a chance at re-signing him with the budget you set. You didn't really have a chance. And that's so weaselly the way ownership threw that on High and Bloom. You know what that, like, that really is, and I hope that that narrative, and I'll start right now working on that narrative because that's not, High and Bloom doesn't have to eat that. High and Bloom doesn't have to eat Xander Bogarts. I'm sorry, he doesn't. Unless you believe, and if you believe this, I think you're smoking crack. But if you really believe that John Henry and Tom Warner said, we'll pay whatever it takes to get Xander Bogarts, and High and Bloom said, no. I, High and Bloom, will not allow that to happen. I, High and Bloom, will not pay a dime over whatever the number was that they ended up being their big number. Uh, me and me alone is deciding that that's not what's going to happen. Like, no. They gave him an impossible budget. Bloom d- made the offer, the biggest offer he could make. For some reason, a bunch of people in the Red Sox organization all leaked to the reporters that uh, Bogarts was about to sign, even though he was nowhere close to signing. And they all got excited, and everybody started wagging their tails. And little uh, look at what you see now. He goes to San Diego. Lo and behold is what I was trying to say. I don't know why I couldn't say it. <laughs> it's been a long week. Um, it was a, uh, it was a awful, awful couple weeks there. And now Nathan Avaldi's leaving, like you know, and not that I even love Nathan Avaldi, but man, what a warrior he was! And he's one of your best starters. He's gone, and I can't even feel bad about that because I'm not done feeling bad about Xander Bogarts yet. And the fact that High and Bloom has to eat that, while the owners who gave him an impossible budget to sign him with are are sort of skating and get to you know dodge some of the blame, is a joke. I don't think High and Bloom's great at his job, but he doesn't he doesn't deserve this. He's he's having a rough enough time at this without dumping the failures of ownership onto him. And this was a failure of ownership. Ownership could have signed Xander Bogarts easily. They could have made that happen. They could have let that happen. They could have insisted that that happened. And Xander would have done it, I think. I think Xander would have signed here if the price was right. 
I don't think he was so disillusioned with the Red Sox that he was going to go no matter what. I don't think it had come to that. And uh, ownership lowballed him again, just like they did with Nomar, just like they did with John Lester, just like they did with you name it. And uh, this time, I feel like this time I feel like it's different. Xander Bogarts was different. Xander Bogarts was he is the type of player you'd keep around, even statistically. Like he's the type of guy you want to keep around. Horrible year for the Red Sox, one of the worst. And I know they've had some down years lately. This is one of the worst. And then there's the Patriots. Oh, the Patriots. <laughs> Their year's not done yet, I know. But I think we're all expecting the same thing. I think we're all expecting a, uh, hopefully, maybe one more game after this, but that's it. Uh, that matters anyway. They're going to play it no matter what. But one more game that actually matters. The playoffs start tomorrow. And uh, to see the Patriots still playing games that matter, you can't say the season was a total failure like the Red Sox. But seeing the tremendous, devastating step back that Mac Jones took this year, it's hard to be too positive about them either. Um, and there you go. There's your year in review. All four teams. Bam. 617-779-7937. David is in Abington, and he wants to uh, talk some Bruins. Go ahead, David. Well, I was listening to you, and you nailed it with the Celtics. Then you got to the Bruins, and you said basically all they did was sign Krejci. They changed coaches. They changed the total philosophy of the team Montgomery's got the young kids playing there's a, there's a different attitude there and I think missing Montgomery and, and that coaching change was you know a, a big thing I think I think that's been a major change they did uh thanks for the call David I mentioned the coaching change I didn't give it maybe the right amount of emphasis you could be right about that I do think that they're playing differently for Montgomery no question about it I thought that uh Cassidy got kind of a bum rap on his way out the door but you look at it now, Don Sweeney's another one. You know, Don's, people wanted Don Sweeney out. And this was before Mitchell Miller. People wanted him out just based on the way last year had gone and the way he'd been drafting. You're putting these rosters together, and they're get, just stuck in the mud. They're not going anywhere. They're not getting better. Nothing's progressing. It's just you're, you know, trying to get a playoff series, maybe one, and, uh, and, and keep the lights on for that playoff revenue. That's it. That's all you're playing for. By the way, Bruins just tied it up. <laughs> Patrice Bergeron. I told you they were going to tie it up. You just just listen to me. Trust me. I know these things. They tie it up, and they'll probably take the lead, and then score an empty netter and win four to two. All right. Watch. That's exactly what's going to happen. Um, the coaching change has been a big one. I agree with you there. I I agree that's been a big one, and I should have maybe emphasized that a little bit more. Montgomery has got these guys uh, playing really hard, but I think when you look at the Actual guys on the ice. I mean, yeah, Zaka's young. He's been playing. It's not all. It's not like he's throwing all the Providence Bruins out there, you know. Noshik's still doing a lot of things, and I don't know. I mean, I, I think that uh, the the philosophy is different. I'm not necessarily sure that the uh, that the roster changes or the you know buttons that he's pressing there as much of a thing. Like Nick Foligno's still getting a lot of minutes. Um, Taylor Hall, Craig Smith, I know got uh, uh, brought back. And the the main guys are still out there. But you're right. I mean, A.J. Greer, Frederick, uh, Zaka, you know, young guys are, are getting a little bit more run there, and that's good. That's definitely a good thing. And that's something that wasn't happening as much with uh, with Cassidy. I agree with you there. But I still think that uh, David Krejci being on that second line has been tremendous 
uh, tremendous for those wingers. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. When we come back, we're going to do a a biopsy of these New England Patriots in this season. And we're going to find out who's right. The people who say this team should be 10 and 6 or the people who say, nope, this team should be 6 and 10. We're going to go over all the different times this year that the Patriots had an outcome that could have gone the other way, and we're going to get to the bottom of what this team's record should actually be. It's coming up right after the trending. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Patriots will not have Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, Jonu Smith, or Devontae Parker for Sunday's tilt against the Dolphins. Hunter Henry, Jonathan Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Jalen Mills, Tyquan Thornton all have been listed as questionable. Tua Tagovailoa ruled out with a concussion. Teddy Bridgewater gets the start. They'll kick off tomorrow at 1 o'clock at Foxborough. Bruins and the Sabres on right now. This game in the third period. Bruins just tied it up. Patrice Bergeron, his 15th goal of the year, scored it on a power play. Uh, Alex Tuck and Tage Thompson with the goals for Buffalo. David Posternock, his 25th, was the first goal to open the scoring. Celtics will be off until tomorrow as they head to Denver to play the Nuggets. And the college football playoffs begin this afternoon. Number three, TCU taking on number two, Michigan at 4 o'clock. Georgia and Ohio State kick off at 8. I'm Christian Arkin. That's what's trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back to Christian Arcan on WEEI. Stevenson. Stonewall. With 55 seconds to go. Flags are flying after the fumble. Stevenson played a role in the lateral last week. Got it started after the run. The ruling on the field is a fumble. Recovered by Cincinnati. First down. B.J. Hill on the recovery. This is astounding. It was astounding. It was tough the way the last game ended. It's Christian Arkan here, Sports Radio, WEEI. Boston Sports Original. Stiz back there behind the glass, putting all that together for you. How close were the Patriots to having 10 wins right now? How close are they to being a 10-win team? They're 7-8. and eight. You could say that they were a play away from wins these last two weeks, and you'd be right. I mean, they were right there. They were right there. It's two winnable games. Two very winnable games. 
They weren't in the end zone. It's not like they had a touchdown taken off the board against the Bengals, and they're not great in the red zone, so it wasn't guaranteed they were going to score there. Sure, it seemed like that was the way the things were going. Momentum was carrying in that direction until uh, Stevenson coughed it up. The week before, you'll remember that game should have been over, but uh, Raiders got a lucky call. I think that was a wrong call, and that's what extended the game. It's not what won it for Vegas, but it is what extended the game. And then Stevenson and uh, Myers went crazy (laughs) and uh, literally handed it right to uh, Vegas and Chandler Jones. Should those have been wins? I think it's safe to say they were winnable, but was a win, like, did a win get snatched away? Like, I can't, I can't say that. If it was a If the Patriots were winning when the lateral happened and they ran it back and they went from winning to losing, then that's one thing. But it was a tie game at the time. They were going to play for overtime. Um, With the Bengals, they were never winning in that game. So it's hard to say that they should have been wins. Um, The Cardinals, that was a a legitimate win, except for, oh, yeah, right, the starting quarterback busted his leg in the first series of the game. So, I don't know, maybe that one is a little less legitimate. Should that have been a loss? I'm not going to say they would have definitely lost, but that one's kind of questionable too. So there's three games right there where you can kind of question the outcome. But if you don't want to question the win, then, I don't know, you can't really question those losses either, can you? Let's go to that Bills game. That was a loss. No one, they, no one's worried about that. Vikings, legitimate loss. Then there was that little three-game stretch, that interesting stretch where they had against Zach Wilson twice and Sam Ellinger once. They beat Wilson both times. Once it was 10-3, to the other 22-17. to But an argument could be made that if Mike White played in both of those games, that those would have been Jets wins, right? I mean, it's not like the Patriots were doing anything. Especially in that second game, they literally couldn't uh, do anything offensively. Until that punt return at the end, which almost could have gotten called a block in the back there. If the Colts had their full arsenal and, I don't know, Matt Ryan playing, or it's not like Matt Ryan's been good either, so I'll, I'll leave that one alone. But those Jets games, I mean, it was clear that White's better than Wilson, and the Patriots got Wilson twice. So, something to think about there. I'll still consider those real wins. Um, the Bears loss, real loss. <laughs> okay, no one's no one's arguing with that one. Bailey Zappi's two wins there against the Browns and the Lions, real wins. I mean, those were the most convincing wins the team had all season. How about early on in the year? Should any of those losses should have been wins? I don't think so. I don't think that Packers game should have been a Patriots win. Same with the Ravens. Uh, Steelers was fine. They won that game fair and square, and the Dolphins was a, a regular old loss. I guess I'm saying all this to say, yeah, a couple of bounces could have gone different ways. Sure. The Patriots could be 9-6 and six right now, or maybe even 10-5. and five. Or they could be 6-9. Uh, and nine, Nice. Or 5-10. Uh, and ten. But really, what matters is none of that. This is what loser teams talk about. This is what loser fringe playoff teams who keep getting bounced or keep just missing the playoffs in the last weekend of the year, 
That's what they lament about. It's a loser's lament. Well, if this had happened, then we'd be, you know, we'd be a playoff team. We'd have nine wins, and we'd be going to the playoffs. We'd have a bye. We would this. We would that. Yeah, you would, but you didn't. And for the record, at no point this year did I feel like the Patriots really, really, really got screwed out of a win. They had some bad calls, right? There were some bad calls for sure. But screwed out of a win, they still could have won that Raiders game, even after that screw job call. They didn't have to throw the ball around like a bunch of idiots. You know, after that Hunter Henry touchdown that wasn't, they still, I mean, that game was still a winnable game. You still could have won these games. And they didn't. And they didn't because they're not that good, and they're also not very smart, and they're not very well coached. And they haven't been all year. Those things didn't magically just get better, and then all of a sudden the referees screwed them. Like, you got to remember what this team really is and what they've been all season before you start going on and on about how they should be 10 and 6. Really? They should be 10 and 6 or 10 and 5? That's what you, you watch this team? That's what you think they are? I don't know anybody who thinks that. I don't think Bill Belichick thinks that. I don't think the Crafts think so. I don't think Mac Jones thinks so. Nobody thinks that. How could you? Seven and eight's exactly where they should be. I don't think that they're much worse than that, and I don't think they're any better. You want to go down a little bit just because the, the offense has been so dreadful and it's such an offensive league? Fine. You know, say maybe they're a little bit worse than their record because they beat all those crappy quarterbacks. But even then, I mean, you know, like, so what? I just gave you the list of all the quarterbacks playing this weekend. A ton of bad quarterbacks are playing this weekend. The list is almost offensive. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. The the quarterbacks playing this weekend, Jared Stidham, Josh Dobbs already played, Desmond Ritter, Nick Foles, Davis Mills, Teddy Bridgewater, Mike White, Baker Mayfield, Kenny Pickett, Andy Dalton, and Carson Wentz, and David Blau. Like, those, they're all starting this weekend. Some of them on teams that, and Gardner Minshew too, right? Yeah, I don't think uh, uh, Hurts is playing. So, yeah, add, add Mills uh, Minshew to that too. Like, that's a... Uh, that's just the way it is in the league. So I guess I'm saying all of that just to say the Patriots are 7-8, and eight and that's exactly what they deserve to be. It's exactly what they should be. You beat up on the bad quarterbacks. Yeah, there's a lot of bad quarterbacks out there. you got to beat them, and they do. And that's why they have seven wins. Um, all right, joining us now in the Harbor One Hotline, your friend and mine for the final time in 2022, uh, we're joined by the great Tom King of the Nashua Telegraph. I'm amazed that he hasn't gone to bed yet. Tom King, how you doing? I'll be. Go, I'll go to bed right after I talk to you, Chris. <laughs> sure, sure. You're all tucked <laughs> I'm just, in. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how how many legitimate wins I've had in my 110 year life. You know. I know it's uh it's <laughs> a real great. question. It's a real. I think this team is seven and eight, and they should be seven and eight. Anyone who says, "Oh no, they should be a nine and you know, they should have nine wins or ten wins or whatever," or anyone says they're worse than this, I think, like Bill Parcell said, Tom, whatever your record is, that's what you are, and that applies to this team this year. Well, I think what you do is you go over the quarterbacks that they've beaten, and none of them are really very good, and that's why they have those seven wins, and they've lost to quarterbacks who are good. And I think that that's how you measure this team. Go against who they've beaten and who they've lost to, but the, but, but the players that they've beaten and the players that the quarterbacks that they've lost to. And, and that how, that's how you measure it. They're probably win, they're where they should be. And the only reason they have a chance at the playoffs right now is because the playoffs are expanded, and uh, this is 
Australia. Last year, I think, was a better year for that. This year has not been a good year. There are teams that are going to make the playoffs that probably don't deserve to be there. And if the Patriots make it, they may be one of them. You know what I mean? So that's that's how I look at it. I uh, look at it the exact same way, Tom. Let's talk about this game coming up here. I know it is. It is. It's scary. It's a tough way to end 2022 agreeing with you. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about this game here tomorrow because as uh, as bad as things look for the Patriots in their secondary, they're going up against Teddy Bridgewater, and that Dolphins team has been a different team when he was uh, quarterbacking them. Can they take advantage of that, or is the secondary just too decimated? Well, the secondary is hurting, but, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is not the Teddy Bridgewater that he was when he was flying high with the Minnesota Vikings before he hurt his knee. Um, this is a different Teddy Bridgewater, and you're right. He hasn't, you know, the Dolphins did not play well when he was their quarterback, but, of course, they haven't played well with two in the last few, few weeks either. Uh, but, at, you know, at the same time, the Dolphins are going to the Dolphins are going to get a break tomorrow. Not going to be ice cold, right? It's going to be like it is now. It feels like late April, uh, mid-April right now. I mean, it's going to be in the 50s probably, and, and uh, so that, that'll give Miami a break. But even with the depleted secondary, um, that will probably hurt the Patriots, not because of who the Dolphins' quarterback is, but because of who the receivers are. You know, Waddle and Hill, they're going to be two, two guys that are going to be tough to beat when you're going down to your third people on the depth chart. And that's a problem for for New England. But at the same time, it is Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think he can slice and dice the Patriots the way that Tua could do it. And, uh, uh, you know, that's why I think uh, New England can pull out a win tomorrow and make it a very interesting final week, depending on what, uh, what Buffalo needs in that final game. Uh, otherwise lose tomorrow and it's all over, right? It is indeed all over. We have a little bit of breaking news here, Tom. I'm not sure if you saw this, but uh, Pelissero just tweeted that the NFL has fined Mac Jones $23,976 for his actions last week against the Bengals. Thirteen three sixty seven for his block on Eli Apple, and then another 10 and change for a separate unnecessary roughness violation. Let's go ahead and, uh, first of all, react to that. That's more than I think was reported initially for the, uh, for the block on Eli Apple. You heard Mac's explanation for what he saw in that play and what happened on that play. It seems like, you know, this has been building up for a while. Does he deserve yep. the reputation that he now has? Um, I mean, with two penalties in one game, yes. <laughs> right? I mean, for a quarterback. Look at the video. Yeah, for a quarterback. For a quarterback who couldn't tackle Chandler Jones the week before and probably wanted to make up for a little of that because sure. you got a little bit of criticism for him for it. And I think that's probably why you saw what you saw with Mac Jones. But as far as his reputation, I, does it really matter, Christian? I don't you think know, so. I honestly don't yeah. think it does. No, it doesn't matter a bit. Well, all you want to see from Mac Jones is throw a touchdown. And you know what? He was able to – they unleashed him in that final quarter last week, and it was about time, and I think you saw what he could do uh, and, and what he did last year to to an extent. So, you know, in my mind, uh, Mac Jones could have a – hey, you know, let him have a tough reputation. He's had a whiny reputation all year long, yes. right? I mean, how many photos are there out there with him grimacing and moaning and the hands – I mean, it didn't take long the other day for the hands to be in the air. I, I counted, uh, I think it was the, the third offensive play. So you know, these things are happening with Mac Jones, and the Patriots are going to have to decide in the offseason how they're going to solve that problem. They will stick with Mac Jones. I don't think there's any question about it. They have too much invested in him. But at the same time, his reputation doesn't matter a bit. 
but I'm not surprised. I mean, he's fined a lot of money there because there's two violations. And I didn't see – I heard the unnecessary roughness call, but I didn't see the play. I didn't see what happened or what he did on it. But, um, you know, I did see the block on Eli Apple. So Everybody saw so, that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty obvious. You know, so I, I had somebody do that to me in touch football, by the way, years ago. That must have been that devastating. Um, what do you think of Bill Belichick's? What do you think of Belichick's non-answers when they when that was brought up? Is there anything you read into anything there? No. What's Belichick going to do? First of all, he's not going to criticize his own quarterback. Could defend right? his quarterback, right? He could defend his quarterback, but he also doesn't want to get the league. He doesn't want the league to find him, and he wants to divert attention. The league's not going to find him for saying my quarterback's not yeah, dirty. He's, he's not going to find him for that. Belichick isn't going to do it. They're not going to. He's not going to try. He wanted to. Squelch the controversy. That's true. So that's why he does that. If you go to the, one of those press conferences, unless it's about you know the uh, the single wing and all the history and everything else, the one thing he'll want to talk about is the team that he's playing that week. Why? Because that's all he wants his players to focus on, and that's you know the rest of it is what they always call down in Foxborough the noise, and they don't want to hear the noise. Or I have to think about the noise, so the best way is not to comment about the noise, and that's that's why that's how he is. That's that's the way it's doing. And you know what? I don't blame him with the team he's got right now. You know, and and with some of the controversy around, uh, you know, after the Buffalo game and the way they talked about the play calling and everything else, he wants to keep everything to a minimum and focus only on one thing, and that one thing is beating Miami and keeping this team alive for a playoff berth. We're talking with Tom King here on the Harbor One Hotline. Uh, Tom, in the, going into the off season, assuming the season ends tomorrow or that they don't make it to the postseason, uh, however way that uh, comes about, that would that would mean I think that a conversation has to be had in the off season about this offense, about who's in charge of it, and I think that's a conversation that could end up going in a in a negative way here because I think we all sort of agree that. Once Kraft starts telling Bill who he has to hire or making very strong suggestions of who he has to hire, then Bill's probably going to say, I don't need this. I'm, I'm taking off. I'm retiring. I'm going to go coach somewhere else. First of all, do you think that's, that's accurate or people may be uh, over-dramatizing that? And second of all, is this conversation one that can be ended by bringing in Bill O'Brien, uh, someone who's a Bill guy but also represents an upgrade from what they have now? Yeah, I think that, well, I think the conversation uh, could go the could go a good way if Belichick says, yeah, I'm going to make some changes. In fact, what I feel that the reason Patricia is running the offense this year is they did not, Belichick did not want to poach O'Brien from Saban's Alabama staff with a year left on his contract. Mm -hmm. I believe the contract's up, isn't it? Or at least, uh, at least they can come to some agreement. I think it just ended when this game with this game here. So yeah, this game, right. So, so there you go. And I think that this, I, I, I think, and I don't have anything to base this on, but it certainly makes sense that he would use Patricia, who basically he brought in as a jack of all trades, right? The guy's signature is on some of those contracts that they signed back, you know, uh, a year a year ago right. in free agency. So, or a year and a half or two years ago. So, uh, you know, that's what Patricia is there for. He's there to do whatever Belichick wants him to do. And this year he said, I, I need you to, to, to run the offense and coach the offensive line. I would imagine he was stopgap 
you would hope that that's the case. You would also hope that Belichick knows that there's a problem. Now, all the comments that Belichick makes during the during the season about you know changes or about uh, the offensive play calling and everything else, do you really think he's going to come down and hard and criticize the play calling? He's not. He's not going to do that publicly. He may do that behind closed doors and say we got to do this, we got to do that, but he's not going to do it publicly. So that's why, and that frustrates everybody. And they say, oh, he's you know he's blind to it and everything else. I don't think he is. He's I mean, this is Belichick. He's not not that blind to what's been going on, play calling wise. And obviously, they unleashed Mac Jones for a reason in that fourth quarter last last week. So, in my mind, yeah, Kraft will have a conversation with him. I'm sure. I bet they I bet they've maybe already have had a little bit of a conversation. But I'm sure they sit down at the end of every year and, and go over everything and and see what they need to do. Ah, sorry, I Buffalo imagine. just scored. Buffalo just scored and tied it up. I made a big prediction about this Bruins game, and while you were talking, Buffalo just tied it three three in the. the I I just thought I said a naughty word or something. (sighs) No, no, it wasn't you. Sorry, it wasn't you. Go ahead, Ty. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. But by the way, about the Bruins. Yes. One thing about the Bruins: don't win the President's Trophy. All right. (laughs) I know. Never goes well. Don't want to do that. You don't want them to do that. Not at all. Only team that ever goes well for is like the Blackhawks, right? Didn't they win it one year and won the cup, but that's it. No one else does. Yeah, they might. They they might have. But I think what it comes down to the playoffs is a whole different deal. The Bruins have got to be, you know, grittier and a little bit more defensive-minded. I think that's what – I mean, their offense is really doing it for them and their goaltending right now. But anyway, back to the Patriots. Yes. I think that there'll be be some changes next year. There have to be, right? But they they have to – to get, you know, things in order. But if you're looking for a big free agent spending spree after what they did two years ago, I don't see it. You know, they do I have don't. some money to spend. I mean, they, they should be they able do. to do something. They do, but I don't see it to the level that they had uh, a couple of years ago. I think maybe they'll bring in two, two guys, maybe two big signings, but not to, not to that extent, not to the, not to the, uh, you know, the extent that they did. Um, and there may, you know, you wonder who's going to exit the receiving core Aguilar has always been talked about, but also Bourne, you know, look, Bourne's been in the doghouse, right? They, they, they let him out and you saw what he can do. Um, but I bet Bourne probably paved his way out of town with the comments after the Bills loss. Um, and I think that's probably, you know, they'll, they'll use Kendrick Bourne while he's here. Get us, you know, get us into the playoffs and everything else. But I bet that that he won't be back next year. Well, that's just swell, you know. One of the yeah, only guys who can actually <laughs> ever have a big game for this team who can do anything, and they're uh, moving right. on because he wasn't uh, he, wasn't he a really good Patriot. Has, yeah, he, he really has shown it. I mean, he's got a lot of ability, and they're going to try to use him. I mean, look, he know, does. But King, he's also had a bunch of games where he sucked this year. Like he had games where he played like 60 percent of the snaps. And he didn't do anything. Like people are talking about him, like he's uh, like he's Jerry Rice. Like he's he's a pretty good little player, and he once in a while has a good game. But like, I think he should have played more. That. But he's not as good as people are making him out to be. Wasn't targeted that much. So it's not about his talent overall. It's about so drops his too compared to, compared to the others on that team. Yeah. I mean, you know, I agree with you there. That's, that's the thing. There's, there's, there's where Bourne, Bourne uh, rises above the rest. Um, I agree with you there, and he definitely should have been uh, playing more. There's, there's no question about that. Yep. Um, all right, King, before we let you go, does the season end tomorrow? Do they live to fight another day? I think they win this game tomorrow. Yeah. And you know one of the reasons why I think they do? The guy who fumbled on, the, on opening day a couple of years ago and lost in the game, Damian Harris, is playing. And I really like Damian Harris. Everybody mm-hmm. loves Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson. Well, these last two back, weeks, maybe I, not so much. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But I think that Harris 
Wade takes some pressure off of Stevenson. I think Stevenson felt he's got to do it all. I think Harris uh, can really do some things for this Patriots team if he's healthy enough to, to run as fast as he does and make some moves. Because if you get Harris in space, he's pretty good. And I think Damian Harris is, is going to help them out a little bit offensively tomorrow. And uh, that's why I'm picking them to beat Miami. All right, there you go. From your lips to God's ears, that's Tom King of the Nashua Telegraph. Thanks so much for the time. Happy New Year, my friend. Yeah, I'm going to have my grape juice now, and I'm going to go to bed, okay? So, <laughs> Very good. Enjoy. <laughs> you can watch uh, Dick Clark tomorrow morning. Um, rest in peace to the great Dick Clark, obviously. 617-779-7937 is your phone number. We'll come back and wrap things up next. Covering Boston sports and beyond, we're back to Christian Arcand on WEEI. Got a couple minutes left here. Sports Radio WEEI. Christian Arkin here with you until 4 o'clock. Then it's the Bradfo Show. Bradfo taking you up until 6, I believe. Is that right? No? No, it's actually uh, CBS Radio. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No Bradfo. I wish it was No Bradfo. Bradfo Show. Just CBS Radio. Coming up next. Great. Uh, so this will be, uh, be it. Um, I wanted to just talk quickly about some of my uh, favorite things that happened this year. 2022. Not even in sports. Just me. I get a chance here. It's my last show of the year. Um, I became a father this year, and that was really cool. I'm glad that happened to me because, uh, you know, you get to a certain age, you start wondering if it's going to. I'm glad that happened. It was something I was looking forward to when I was a kid. I got to do it this year. That's where I am, that age, and I'm like, oh, is it going to happen? You know, it's never too old, too late, too whatever. You just you, you go when you can. You do it when you can. And if you don't do it, it's fine, too. I mean, it's, you know, whatever. I'm just, that was something I was looking forward to when I was younger, and, uh, it's uh, cool being a dad. I like being a dad. Um, that was uh, that was big for me this year. My son was born during the uh, Celtics Brooklyn series, and before he was born, uh, while my wife was extremely pregnant, we went to uh, the Kevin Garnett jersey retirement ceremony in that game against Dallas. And I'm glad he went to that, even though he doesn't remember it. And even if he was born at the time, he still wouldn't remember it. But the fact that he was there, he was present for uh, for that thing. And that was the day I bought the uh, little Kevin Garnett stuffy that he plays with in his crib. So uh, I'm raising him right. But, yeah, being a dad was big for me this year. Also, for me professionally, this was an interesting year. <laughs> I uh, am now here at the in the familiar walls and the familiar bosom of WEEI, which... Uh, you know, when this year started was not something that I was thinking what might happen. I didn't, it wasn't on my radar, it wasn't on anyone's radar. And now here you are. And it just sort of goes to show that, you know, things don't always go the way you plan them. Things sometimes uh, just happen to you. You know, <laughs> like sometimes you make plans and you think you got, you know, sort of the next couple years of your life planned out or plotted out. And then all of a sudden, boom, here comes something that's going to it's gonna change all those things. And that happened with me a couple of times this year. So... For me, I think, uh, you know, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful to still be uh, still be working, very grateful to be still doing this. I love this job. I'm uh, really uh, just in love with it. And um, I know it's uh, it's been a tough, uh, you know, tough year for a lot of people. And uh, for a while, that was one of those people. And, um, you know, I consider myself very fortunate. And uh, that's, uh, that's the main thing there. Um, with uh, w- one thing that sort of keeps me 
keeps me going and I think keeps everyone going is the fact that for the umpteenth year in a row, basically my entire life and probably beyond that, uh, just the desire for sports content and sports talk and discussion and and all the things that we do here and, uh, you know, at the other stations and the TV stations and the various blogs and papers and outlets and all that other stuff, uh, there's just still such a great demand for it because the fans here just care so much. And without fans that cared the way that they do, then you wouldn't see the type of ratings that you see. You wouldn't see uh, the type of passion that you see. You wouldn't hear the, uh, the, the fans be as, as informed as they are. Um, it's tough to do radio, sports radio in a town like this, because people keep you on your toes. And Lord knows, I screw up a lot. We all do. I mean, we all, you know, we come on the air. I said, I said the other day that I thought uh, Dallas could leapfrog San Francisco in the stands, when they definitely can't. San Francisco's a, a division winner. I, for some reason, thought there was a team ahead of him, every uh, ahead of them. People screw up all the time. It's something that happens, and they call you for it. They call you on it here. Uh, people will call you on it here, and I know that because I grew up here and I've lived here most of my life. And uh, I can't imagine uh, another place to be doing a job like this. Um, So one thing about 2022, even though it wasn't uh, maybe the greatest year for a lot of people in this industry, outside this industry, whatever, uh, it was, I think, more proof that Boston is still the best sports town in America. And I really believe that. I think that it absolutely is in terms of engagement, in terms of passion, in terms of uh, being informed. And I think that reflects a lot in the audience and uh, the reaction that we saw this week to some of the changes that were made. Passionate fans who care about the teams, care about, you know, the shows, care about really all these things that we do. And that really makes it uh, all worth it in uh, in a lot of ways. And so even though 2022 wasn't the easiest year for me, it was uh, certainly a big one. It was a big one for me personally and a wild one for me professionally. And I think that one thing that kept it kept it all okay and sort of kept us all going was you listeners fans of these teams uh you're the reason why this is all possible and so i thank you for allowing me to do this and i hope you have a great new year's uh, i want to say thanks to tom king i want to say thanks to you stiz great job happy and everybody new year, uh, happy new year everybody i worked with this week Kyrie thompson mark dondero uh and uh all the producers jackson Turp and everybody. Um, have a great New Year's, and I'll talk to you in 2023. Good night. really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.